We still do seven NUFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or you can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today. Hush now, city kids. When it came to me after so long, I didn't have no choices. Choices in the streets where I was from. When I think about the pain, I didn't have no choices. Choices, I took what I had sworn. Hush now, city kids. Gather round for Robin Mets. Hush now, city Good evening, welcome to Geordie's here. Geordie's there on NUFC Matters, a, a panel of uh, Geordie's here and Geordie's there. Joins us as always, Steve Hasty, Steve Wilkinson, Stu Penman, Ward George, Kevin the resident coach and Al will lead all the way across in Saudi Arabia. Good evening lads. Good evening. Good evening. And then I want to put the world right about Newcastle United. Actually, plenty of topics of conversation coming in, but I decided to start with this one. Uh, these three, Joe Linton, Bruno and Tonali. Um, we've seen the backwards and forwards between Bruno and a certain Twitter account this week. I don't want to concentrate on that. I just want to ask Steve, um, do you think, um, moving forward, we're going to stick with these three playing together in midfield? Um, I, made a, I made a point uh, over the weekend um, and on the shows uh, start of this week that potentially that's the reason that, um, you know, we, we, we might find that certain things might not be the same as last season. Almiron might not be in the same kind of, you know, areas or getting the same kind of service or, or scoring the same amount of goals because the formation slightly changed. <coughs> Bruno might not be the same, um, you know, because he's got to alternate, he's got to change things slightly to play alongside Tonali. Joe Linton might not be in the same kind of areas as he was because... They've only played a couple of games together. Yes, they've played pre-season, but everyone had a go. Everyone played. Anderson played. You know, we had to we had to get we had to give everyone a chance. So, is is Eddie Howe going to stick with them three? Do you think for the duration of you know at least for this early part of the season to see how they play well together? Because before a ball was kicked, before we played Aston Villa, and after after we played Aston Villa, when we're sitting at the top of the league, everyone's going. We're going to win the league. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. But I think, you know, because we've lost against Man City, the treble winners, now you've got, after the Lord Mayor show, oh, God, that Stockholm syndrome's kicked in. What's Eddie going to do, Steve, do you think? Well, the good thing is that he's got the ability to be flexible, hasn't he? That's the important thing. And, and let's face it, during a, during a season, there are going to be opportunities, and possibly even on, on Sunday. Um, Joe Linton went off injured on on, on Saturday night. Uh, so there's your first... Uh, Conundrum: will, will will he be fit? Will that will that make a, a, for a different formation? 
obviously would make for a different partnership. Um, would he bring Anderson in? Would he? Would what would he do? Would he? Would he bring Longstaff straight back in? Um, these are options that he's got. I think. I think what we've got to be prepared for is that you know in every game Eddie might not go out in a standard four three three. You know he might opt to go for a four in midfield and two front. He might go for a four one. Um, got that ability now. So Steve, I'm going to stop you there. Your internet's kicking out, mate. So I'll I'll, I'll let you okay. sort that out. Now. I'll come back. I'll come back to you, mate. Uh, Steve Wilkinson, same question to you. Yeah, well, I, I think the uh, one we know that three combination worked in against Villa without having had any form. I haven't played together in any of the the preseason games, and it worked fantastically well. I think one of the problems last season, even though it wasn't a problem because we finished fourth, was there were certain predictable ways of playing. And we, we, we almost knew the team um, and, and therefore everybody else knew the team. You know, we've talked, we've talked about on the other shows about, uh, about Miggy, that, that, organi- that way of Miggy and, and Longstaff and, uh, and Joe Linton combining. People were starting to work that out, the opposition. And I think the thing now we've got is we've got so many variations that we do haven't got a clue what they are, other than we know there's, there's a lot of them. And I'm, I'm talking not just in, in the midfield, up front, we know we could be playing, uh, you know, various combinations, uh, you know, and, and as we did in the first game, we swapped three forwards against the different three forwards and, and, and he might rotate them. Um, and now that we've got two new fullbacks in, that, that might also go on at the back. Um and I think that's a good thing. Once they can get more practice at doing doing it, and I think that will happen um, as, as the season goes on. Uh, obviously, we, we need to find a, a steady set up so as soon as possible. Um, I think what will happen is uh, he'll start to maybe start with those three because we know it did work against Villa, and and you'll look for the rotation um, coming in the second half. And I think one one word we've got to lose from our vocabulary this season is the word dropped. Because I don't think anybody that's left out should feel as though they're dropped. It's just that he's trying something different. And uh, I think there might be times when Bruno's on the bench. You didn't always see Kevin De Bruyne starting for Man, Man City. Um, and he, but he came off the bench. And it, what, what better to see Bruno coming on after 60 minutes and, and making what would will probably, you know, if, if you were playing uh, Tonali, uh, Joe Linton and, and, and Anderson, who certainly deserves to, to get a chance, if that, that was a starting three, and, and then you change one of them and bring Bruno on after 60 minutes. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Steve, you got cut up in your prime, mate. We didn't really get most of it. It was uh, it was a bit it was a bit dodgy to start with. So just same question, mate. You know what you know what I was asking. Yep, thanks to Virgin Media. I think I might have to change this. <laughs> I think we're all on the same boat because George got off to a bad start as well. We'll, we'll come to George exactly. later, but he was yeah. delayed before. So yeah, yeah go I, on. I, as I was saying, I was saying, I'm just glad that the photograph had Bruno in the middle because uh, that's that's his that's his best place. Perfectly honest, but yeah, there's no reason why the three of them can't play together. I think there's always an opportunity as well for Joe Linton to push out wide on the left. That means there's an opportunity to play four in midfield um, at times uh, if it suits Eddie. Um, whether that means he plays one strike and one bind, um, you know, there's no reason why he couldn't play Wilson with with Isak playing off him. Um, it also, as you say, as Steve said quite rightly, you know, within injuries or with you know with enforced changes, you could have Elliot Anderson coming in. You've got long stuff that's there, um, and we're not going to be playing the entire uh, season with those three in the middle. 
uh, and and Saturday, Sunday might be a perfect example because uh, Joe Linton went off injured on on uh, Saturday night anyway. So yes, they can play it together. They certainly won't play it together for every game next season, and uh, we've, we've just got to be patient. We've just got to you know, people keep saying trust in the process. I think you know. I get what people are getting at when they say that. There's a, but it's a big process to trust at times. I think what we mean is that, uh, you know, Eddie has the decisions to make and he'll make the decisions. He'll make wrong decisions at times and we're going to have to live with that. And he'll make good decisions and, you know, he'll get all the plaudits. Um, but, uh, yeah, no reason why they can't play together, Steve. You know, Alwaleed, were you, um, you know, were, you know, were you surprised when you know we played Aston Villa to see those three start, or did you, did you think maybe Elliot Anderson would have got a chance, or do you think Sean Longstaff would have played? Do you, do you think Eddie Howe is going to stick with those three players as as the the midfield three? Uh, well, there is uh, many aspects of this, but I believe uh, Guardiola make it uh, make a great summary. He said we closed or make it closed game. We didn't uh, open uh, our area for them. We make it very tight or they will destroy us. I mean, Newcastle. He was really uh, true about this. Uh, as Mr. Steve Wilkinson says, uh, uh, they expect what Idihau plan is, uh, which is true. No surprises for Guardiola. I believe if there is, uh, if you have the best players, it doesn't matter if uh, if your enemy expect your your uh, lineup, but we still we don't have the best player. So uh, Eddie Howe respect uh, he have big respect of his player. So he play the same with the same uh, play of uh, Aston Villa. Uh, I believe it should be uh, Manchester City is an exception. Manchester City uh, play with the with the you know, best team in the world. You can, uh, he, uh, should do better. He should make uh, some kind of trick or some different plan to face uh, the best uh, team in the world. Uh, those three, uh, Tonali, Julinton, Bruno, they got, uh, I feel sorry for them because they had to defense. They had to help in the attacking. They, they couldn't uh, do that. They should, um, uh, and especially against City, they should have Anderson uh, instead of uh, Almiron. You, you don't need to have uh, Almiron and uh, uh, Gordon as a wingers. You should have more in the middles because you have five from the city. Kovacic, uh, Alfarez, uh, Rodri, uh, uh, Grealish, uh, Fodin, those five beat our three. Al Almiron and Gordon actually they defense very well. They help in the defense, really. But the three, you put them in the picture, they didn't give the uh, right help in attacking to Almiron and uh, Gordon because this is how much City are very strong. So I believe this is just an exception. City should play against them differently. But I believe uh, they can uh, win or uh, can any uh, same plan uh, will work better uh, against Liverpool. Yeah, OK. Um, this all stems really just from just my, my views on the game, Stu, over the weekend. And, you know, credit to Phil Foden, credit to Man City having to change the, you know, the formation, um, you know, to, to nullify Newcastle. Somebody said that in the chat tonight. But that, that three... I think can play together, but it's going to take time. What do you think? I think it's definitely the favoured three. And I'm of the opinion that they will only get better 
as the season goes on. Uh, good players can play together. Excellent players definitely can play together. Although there is an exception because people can talk about Scholes, Lampard and Gerrard for England. But to me, I think that was more egos and who wants to be number one than willingness to play together for the strength of the team. But unlike England, when Eddie Howe is interested in a player, cheers a player, scout a player or whatever, or even when he picks him in the team, he doesn't pick or want people who doesn't fit his style of play. If you look at the amount of people that we were linked to, I think it was over 200, wasn't it? And he settled for four. And each one of them have been scouted, background checked and everything to make sure they fit into not just this team, but the squad, the dressing room, the training pitch and everything. So it, it's a long season. And there will be times when uh, the three of them will be dropped or injured or rested or rotated. But when push comes to shove and there's a big game and everyone's fit, those three will be the starting three. Otherwise, they wouldn't have went and got to Norley, would they? But the advantage we've got last year is when one of them was missing, I know we're going to say one of them, let's use Bruno as an example if we're allowed to talk about Bruno. When he was missing last year, we struggled. But with any of those three not in position, uh, not in the position now, we've got strength and depth now. We've got First team starters like Anderson, who's got a huge future ahead of him. I think everyone agrees with that. You know, he's he could be a massive player in, in the seasons to come for us. But Willick and Longstaff were both regular starters last season and we finished fourth. So if that's who we've got to come off the bench when one of those favoured three or, or preferred three are arrested or in, injured or just been rotated, whatever way it's, you dress it up, we'll be stronger than we were last year. And if you want to do stupid stats, last year we scored four at Hope and Villa. This time we scored five. Last year we conceded two against Man City. We had this year only one. So we're better off in both games. So that means we should finish better off than where we did at the end of the season. There, we all have our own thoughts though, Stephen. Isn't it? It's like, who should play? Who should, if Joe Linton's injured, should it be Anderson that comes in? Should Longstaff go in? And, you know, but this is what Eddie Howe gets paid the big bucks for. And far more often than not, you'll get the decision right. Uh, and that's what we should be doing. We, we need to get behind them. Uh, and I think it was mentioned, that message that we shouldn't mention, but it's easy to support someone when they're doing well. It's when they need the help. It's just like friendship, isn't it? You can, everyone can be your friend. Like Gascoigne was the best example. Everyone can be your friend when you're on top of the world, but when things are against you, a lot of people deserve them. Uh, and, and we, as Newcastle fans, are known, as, known for our loyalty. Uh, and I think if our favourite three are Joe Linton, who is like Robocop, he is a midfield enforcer, but he's not just that. I don't want to pigeonhole him into that because he's got the ability to break down that wing. He's got a great touch when he's breaking into the box. Uh, we all know Bruno's qualities over the last 18 months. And Tenali's looked exceptional. Uh, and all the, all the videos that they've scouted him on and every, everything that we've seen him in, he's bedding himself in. And he will have a fantastic season, I'm certain of it. So I absolutely agree those three will be the, the mainstay of our midfield and they'll get used to each other. And it's the same as everything else. You go to a new place of work, you start working, you know, you get to know people's habits and, and you bounce off people better the more you get to know them. And that's what these will do. And you can see already, even on the flights to the States, uh, Bruno sat with Tenali, didn't he? So they're already forming friendships. And if... If you, anyone has time to check the, the first goal against Aston Villa, who did Tenali look for as soon as he scored? It was his mate Bruno, straight away. You know, he had Gordon jumping on, but he looked around and then you could see the excitement in his face and he said, yes, 
you know, the, in, in how Bruno was happy when it happened. So this, these friendships will only get stronger. The relationships will get stronger. The football and know-how and awareness of each other's uh, positional sense and everything else. They're, they're exceptional players. So I've got no doubt that these will be our favourite three and just watch us go this season. I really think we'll have the best season we've had in my lifetime. Okay, George, what's your thoughts on these three? Are they going to be the mainstay? I, I, yes, I think they will be. Not, not play every game, I don't think, but they will be. The big, the big change for me is though that we've got we've got options this time, lots of options. You know, with the lads that aren't playing, like Anderson, Longstaff, uh, and and then uh, uh, further out wide, you, you would now got Barnes and uh, as well. The, the, the options are there if we want to do something different. And uh, that's that's what, as you say, that's what Eddie Eddie Howe's paid for. And uh, no, I think they'll be the three main mainstays, but they 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 will be rotated. I think it's the word they use these days. Won't see every game, but they'll be in most games. And uh, um, you know, I I, I think uh, what they've done so far has been great, very creditable. I'd like to see more of Tunali. I'd like to see them using his dead ball skills a bit and. Uh, back and trip you off occasionally somewhere else, but uh, but no, I, th I think uh, the lads have said it that there's no reason why those three shouldn't be shouldn't be there. I fully expect uh, in an, in that game or two, the, the 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 world will be singing Bruno's praises again. There should be now. He, is, he hasn't really played badly, but it, it hasn't been as dynamic as we used to. But. I think those three are okay for us, and I look forward to seeing them. And I think Stu's right. Looking forward to the best season we've ever had. See, you know, Steve, I don't subscribe to this thing that we've got to beat by the world champions. Sorry, we want to beat the world champions because we want to be world champions. That's that's what we're after. Um, but those three, those three will be the the, the three that uh, that the whole uh, system uh, set is set up about. Yeah, OK. Kev, your views? Um, yes, in the 4-3-3, we would have to be a double pivot because, in my opinion, Bruno and Tenali are very, very similar in terms of how they play. They want to control the game and dictate the game. It's how it flows, is a coaching phrase, the flow of the game, the tempo of the game. Um, for me, and I've wrote it down here, this is a little front six, if you will. I would go, if you're going to play both of them together or all three, you could go... Well, I'll go to a 4-2-3-1 and you can have them both sitting and then you can play in between lines of their midfield or whatever that looks like. And then you could play a combination of Bonds, wide right and, uh, for me, Gordon in behind is a 10, uh, Joel Linton or Anderson on the left side and Isaac up front. And then that that's a, not a, that's a positive front six. But with the two... As in a four-three-three, sitting like we did against Man City, and give them a lot of space so they can play between the lines. And like I said on Monday, um, I thought yes, Foden was fabulous and lovely to watch as a player. But Rodri controlled the whole thing, and from his movement, and we couldn't get pressure based off of that, um, from and an intensity base. But it, it depends on what Eddie decides to play per game. It's horses for courses, like we said. If he wants to play 4-2-3-1, yeah, I think they could play together. But in a 4-3-3, I don't think so because A, they'll both drop in too deep and they'll leave massive spaces in between. 
and I think we'll get exposed. And that that exposure, yes, is against Man City, but any Premier League side will expose you in certain areas and certain parts of the game. Um, but yeah, I would, it, but with if he does still play four three three, it's got to be they've got to be disciplined to do so. One's got to go, one sits, or one goes and be an eight with Joe Linton or whoever plays along in that three. Um, you know, there's got to be somebody sitting in front and. You know, that didn't really occur because they were too high. They didn't know all the, the everybody decided to press with the head versus the heart, what is an eye kind of phrase. You all go together or you just or you don't or you sit. Um but yeah Man City kind of done us over in, in a sense in a sense that they were that they were so fluid within their midfield rotation of a five or whatever that looked like, five or even a six at times. You know, so the with the two holding two defend two centre halves and wing wing backs high and flying with Walker and uh, whoever the left fullback was, and uh, Diaz I think it was, and then you've got the other centre half with Rodri sitting as a two, and then Foden can go beyond the line of our midfield to play in that space. That's why, yes, they looked that great, but we made them look that great based on how they measured up against our midfield potential three or five, four or five, whatever it was. So. Yeah, I think that we could they could play together again. It's just nailing a position, nailing a shape in uh, a system that fits all. And I don't think Eddie Howe quite knows that yet. And I think that's again that's the work in progress bit. Uh, that's what he has to figure out. I think he has to figure out pretty quickly. Okay, Kevin, as as you always end up, you seem to always end up last man. Yeah, I'm always rushing around to get in. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give you this one first. Um, Steve Middlemas asks, and a couple of other people have asked as well. Lewis Hall come in, he's on loan from, from Chelsea. Um, would you play Hall against Salah on Sunday? Would would you give him would you give him a start? Um would, would you would you put him straight into the mix? Because he is ready to play. Not really. He has not in, under the Eddie Howe way of playing. He's played for Chelsea. He's yeah. last game from what I've heard from snippets from the club that he's probably his last game was here. Maybe against Newcastle United in Atlanta. That's probably his last actual game or Villa, whoever it was in the summer series. So I probably would stick with what he was, what he went with against Man City. Um, probably put him on the bench. Um, it all depends on a, again potential Joe Linton injury. Depending on that, is there a space for him available? But I would give him a bit longer to, around the group to get you know, like Livermento came on for a little cameo. He was in within the club for a few days. Similarly, he's only had one training session a day. But again, hey, look, Eddie gets paid the big bucks to make these decisions. Does he stick him on the bench or does he throw him in? But I think from what I've seen, he's a better defender than in target and in the, and Dan Byrne collectively, even though he's only 19, well, about to be 19, he's pretty much 19. So, again, I wouldn't mm. just on that scale, you know, Liverpool at home, but... Hey, if you know if you're old enough, you're good enough, right? It, it, you know, but I wouldn't essentially. I would just keep it as is, and then if goes belly up, essentially, then you could bring him on or whatever. But I would keep. I would just. I would put him on the bench. Yeah. Okay. I mean, look, 
we've got Libramento as well. You know, there's yeah. so many different options. Um, but I, th- I, I, w- I would personally agree with you. I think if Joe Linton's injured, the only decision he's got to make is Anderson or Longstaff. I, I think you'll go yeah. with Gordon again on the left. You'll keep Barnes on the bench. And I think you'll stick stick with Isaac up top. Um, but we'll wait and see. George, what's your thoughts? Lewis Hall, would you stick him straight in? Or do, do you think Eddie's going to keep a hold of him a bit like Libramento and, and bed him in? No, I, th- I think he'll, he'll, he'll ease him in. I don't think he'll put him straight in. It's, uh, Kevin rightly says he's uh, he's he's there, but uh, he's he's not had the uh, the full the full rundown, as it were, uh, with Eddie Howe. So no, he could well be in the squad, but I don't I don't think he, there's any chance of him starting. Not in my view, anyway. Um, I'm pleased with Gorham. Uh, I loved his statement. <laughs> He'll endear himself to his fans with the fans with that one, uh, but uh, no, it, it lovely uh, signing, great signing, but uh, uh, too soon I think uh, for Sunday. Okay, Stu. I definitely wouldn't start him. Uh, I don't want to like keep using the phrase Eddie Howe fit because that's not fair. And the rest of the backroom staff who put a lot of effort in there. Making sure you know they all have defensive coaches and attacking for offensive coaches, etc. So the lads ain't even yesterday get into the group in for it, and it is a big game. Whichever way we dress it up, whichever league we're in, whatever position we're in, Liverpool at home is always a big game for Newcastle United. Uh, and I think I agree with you, Steve. I think the only decision he's to make if Joe Linton isn't playing, hopefully he is. Because if he's on the left of the midfield three, he'll be the one that'll be welcoming Sabozlai to St. James Park. If he's not, then I would be not upset because it's, I would be expecting him to play Anderson. Now, bear in mind, Anderson was the one that got hooked after Pope sending off in the same fixture yeah. last season. So I know you can't have sentiment and stuff like that, but at the same time, the, the lad's done as good as anyone in pre-season and, and the minutes he's had on the pitch so far, for me, shows he's Premier League ready and he's, he's fit as a lot, isn't he? So I, I think if Joe Linton's not playing, then absolutely, or even if he's not 100% fit, then I think Alisson should get a good run out on, uh, on Sunday. OK. Alvalid, would you play Lewis Hall against Liverpool? Uh, yes, I should. You know, I believe why not? You know, put him in. Uh, I and I think of Salah. I think Salah wish wish to have Bear, not have Lewis Hall, uh, young, uh, full of uh, energetic uh, chess. Salah. I think this is will be more pressure on Salah uh, if he if he uh, really stood up for uh, Salah. We will have a hero. Uh, if not, uh, uh, he still uh, he, he will learn, and I think yani, nobody will blame him, blame him because he's young. Um, yeah. Okay, Steve. No, not yet. I think uh, he's he's a one for the future, and and, and uh, not not too distant future. I think he he's obviously going to be on the bench. I would think, um, and and he'll get blooded in, um, possibly even in that in that game. It, it would be nice. Somebody put on earlier on if uh, if, we're, if we're comfortably ahead of Liverpool as we as we were against Aston Villa, um, you know he gets these 10, 15 minutes near the end and he gets he gets this flavour of the atmosphere himself and I think that's important. It would be horrendously nervous for him to be given the his debut on a on a you know what it would be like at the start of that match when it's uh, it's all level and we've got to make sure we don't do what we did last year and go go two down in you know within quarter of an hour and then. 
which which obviously led on to the Pope getting sent off the way the defence was playing. So I, I think he'd stick the normal defence and, and Hall will come in um, off the bench possibly in, in the second half. OK, Steve? Given Eddie's track record of not changing things at the back, um, I suspect he won't. Um, I might have been inclined to give the lad a run out, actually. I might have, I might have looked at it myself and thought, you know what, young lad, uh, he's already played in the Premier League. Um, and if he could put in a performance like he put in against us last season, when he uh, when he played for Chelsea at St James's Park, um, yeah. then I would be absolutely delighted. Um, and I, I, as I say, in in normal circumstances, I, I could see it happening. Um, but I don't think I, I just don't see Eddie tinkering with his defence. He, he he he's had opportunities not to play Dan Byrne, both in pre-season and in in the. To get the last two games, he could have brought in an established left back, but he didn't. He stuck with Dan Byrne. Um, Byrne, we all know, has his limitations at left back, but he he doesn't really let you down. Um, the limitations being sometimes when the when the crosses come in from the right hand side, um, or when the attacks coming down the left, he does tend to drift inside a little bit too much and leaving the right side exposed. Um, we we saw that a couple of times on with Man City simply because. Um, City have this ability to be able to stretch it. Um, Liverpool do as well, by the way, but um, not in the way that that, that City can. Um, he's got he's got the opportunity to be up against Salah, Sabojlai, who you know we've seen a couple of comments there about. Um, yeah, you've got to get stuck into him. He does look a, he does look a, a, a class footballer. That's why we wanted him. Uh, to be perfectly honest. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of thought process going to have to go into his selection on on uh, on Sunday, and uh, that could be a big a big one for him. Um, but I think he will probably settle for Dan Byrne um, purely because he doesn't like make change. Yeah, you're never going to beat Dan Byrne halfway through the show. Time for the ads. A big thanks to all our sponsors, Skips and Bins. You can find them at skipsandbins.com or telephone 0800 2545 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website, skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Big thanks to Mr. Vicky's Sources Handmade in Cumbria. You can order them from their website, mrvickys.co.uk or by telephone on 01768 210 102. A big thanks also to New Workwear. Uh, you can find them at newworkwear.com. They're an agile and dedicated workwear provider. Welcome back as well to United Travel. Uh, they are a UK coaches firm and they are based in uh, the Northeast. They've got 2024 20, tours and you can contact them on 01670 632. 460 or mobile 0791 4174 Email info at com, and they've got a website which is unitedgrouptravel.com. There's no strangers on there to us, just people you haven't met yet. Big thanks to them for their sponsorship. Big thanks as well to Media Arts and they supply all the video technology. If you want to become a member and get a cup, a pen, a membership card and a scarf, then get your smartphone and put it over this QR code. It will take you straight to the membership pack. It's a £25 one-off fee. 
You can also go to NUFC Matters website and search Membership Pack to book today. If you want to help the channel, then subscribe to it by hitting the subscribe button. Hit the thumb up under the video to like the video and click share to share to your other social media. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify and other podcast providers. Don't forget we help the food bank on this channel. If you want to do so virtually, go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and make a donation today. The Alan Sheila raffle is back on. 150 tickets, £1 a ticket. Win a limited edition signed Alan Shearer ball. End of the day at nufcmatters.com. Okay, as you know, on Jolly's here, Jolly's there every Wednesday. We have Ask George. Okay, a couple of questions for George here. Gary Milliken says, question for George, is there any stadium he hasn't visited that he would like to? Uh, in the UK or, or anywhere? Any stadium, George. I would imagine it's worldwide. Even any, on the moon, where India, where India have just landed. Yeah, well, <laughs> there are one or two in Germany I would like to go to uh, because there's some nice stadiums there which are... How can I say fan orientated, in my opinion, um, in a better way than ours are? And if you want to take it uh, outside of uh, Europe, I'd love to go to one of the big ones in uh, in South America, um, you know, the Maracana and places like that. But uh, yeah, there are places I'd love to go. The, the, the interesting thing about that question is, is that I went with our Neil when our Neil was just a teenager to the big festival in Barcelona. And I couldn't believe I could sit in a seat. And the ice cream man could pass in front of us without pushing us over in, in a stadium. It's take it's taken us 50 bloody years to get anywhere near that. <laughs> and I still sit in the seat with the concrete crack from the drips above. <laughs> something not right, something not right about having an ice cream at the football. Like that's yeah, but anyway, I, I get where you're coming yeah, from. Well, that's right. Spain, you know, that's Spain. Well, I know, I know. Steve Bennett says, ask George, what is the biggest impact he's seen from a substitute? Wow. At Newcastle or anywhere? Well, he doesn't um, specify, so I guess no. it's anywhere. Oh, it, it's got to be... I'm trying to think who it was. There was a in, a in an international match, somebody come off the bench and if he didn't score a hat-trick, he scored two. He just turned the match upside down. Trying, struggling hard to think who it was. Um, Come back to that one. Barry Hogan yeah, says, ask yeah. George if the dirty player Dave Mackay at Spurs hadn't ended Len White's tune career, uh, would he have been our record goal scorer? Yes, without a doubt. Uh, uh, Dave Mackay was uh, uh, was wasn't just hard. He was he was aggressive, hard, and, and dirty is the word to use. And uh, he, Len White was turning them upside down and on his way to a hat-trick against Spurs. And uh, Dave McKay just mentioned that didn't happen. Unfortunately, he did it in such a way that that, that was the end of Len White because when he, even when he got fit, um, he'd lost a yard of pace and uh, it wasn't long before we sold him on to Huddersfield, I think. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's absolutely true. And he would have gone on to make score more goals. If you look at games per goal ratio, he's up there with Shearer. 
Barry wants to know as well. He says the most important question of the night: How's your eyes doing, George? <laughs> oh, getting better every day, Barry. Thanks for the for the ask. Um, today, I can actually even without these on. Um, I mean, a, a specialist at the hospital said I couldn't get lenses that would help us. Well, I went to B B and M and got these for one thirty nine, and they're great. But <laughs> um, I can I can start to see things. I can see the telly and. Um, so it, it, very positive, I would say. I'm, I'm not going to match on on Saturday and Sunday. I'm not tempting that, but next one I'll be there. I think. Okay, good stuff. That's us, George, for this week. Spenny did come in with a late one. Ask George, do you put fresh cream on your scones first or jam? Oh, I'm a fresh cream man myself, and then the jam. Right. Uh, Some people with these uh, questions. Spenny, uh, yeah. George, you're, you're delayed slightly, so I'm going to kick you out and bring you back in, George, um, because uh, I don't want you being delayed. So here we go. Uh, All I'll right, you okay. Come back in yourself. There we go. Uh, so, been, he hasn't been dropped. He hasn't been George. dropped. He's been rotated. He's definitely rotated the way it works. <laughs> Terry Armstrong asked a question earlier about tickets. I'm not getting into tickets on tonight's show because um, it just dominates the show. And I'm sick of tickets. Um, personally, I'm sick of the whole thing. The club is making an absolute um, arse of things behind the scenes and I'm not getting into it tonight. Uh, Terry Armstrong says, should we be looking to bring a quality man manager in to the reserves uh, to get the best from them? They got thumped again at the weekend, 4-1. He said, oh, is Ben Dawson good enough? I think this is a good one because we don't often talk about what's happening at the lower levels. Steve, we're investing a hell of a lot into youth. Um, you know, we've got we've got a team behind the scenes who are headhunting is the best way to describe it, the uh, the youngsters. I'm good at the lost Ollie Harrison, by the way, because that kid's talented. Uh, I know his dad very well. I've, I've, yeah. watched, I've watched Ollie uh, come through the ranks. I'm gutted that Ollie's left. I'm good at Bobby Clark left as well, although that was prior to the, um, you know, prior to the Ashley era leaving. Um, but should we have somebody better? I mean, Christ, we've had we've had, we've had some cracking players um, through the years, and I know a lot of them want to get involved at Newcastle United, and and yet we've given you know we've given that job to Ben Dawson. We've got an ex Machem at the club as well who's involved. Who you know, when you think of the likes of Nobby Solano and Nikos Dabazaz and you know you know players of that ilk who played for the Black and Whites who would be itching at the chance to get involved behind the scenes. Steve Watson, yep. Steve Howie, all got coaching badges. These people, they're all desperate to come to the club. Yet we've given it to Ben well, Dawson. No offence to Ben. Well, but, you know, uh, sorry, Steve, uh, sorry, George. I'm, I'm, I'm just asking Steve. I'll come to you, George. Man, yeah. go on, Steve. I think you're. I'm no, no. Yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. Yep, there is quality there um, in terms of of players, um, but I do think the under 21s and the under 18s, to a certain extent, um, more so the 21s, is a is a difficult team to coach simply because you've got players that are in and out. You've got players, you, you think you've got a squad and then players go out on loan. Um, and I think that, that that doesn't help the situation. Um, but you're right, when you've got when you've got people with the calibre of Nobby Solano, you know, an international manager, um, Nikos Dabisas, all the coaching badges in the world, um, established, established coaches as well, um, then you've, you've got to question why the club doesn't look to, to them. We know that they've they've been they've been up and they've they've been you know they've they've inquired and this type of thing, but uh, you know I, I don't want to I don't want to dwell on on Ben as a 
his ability as a coach or his, his ability um, as a person. Um, because I don't know him and I don't go to the under-21s. I do know people who go to the under-18s. I occasionally go along with Sonny and Jed to watch under-18 games. Um, I find that in the past, some of the some of the games that I've watched, um, it's almost going through the motions at times. Um, some of the, the, the there is a there is a uh, kind of over elaboration um, brought on. Um, there doesn't seem to be any style. Um, there doesn't seem to be any cohesion at times. Um, is that down to the players themselves? Is that down to the quality of the players? Is it down to the coaching? Is it down to the fact that they're treating it basically as just another coaching day, just another another game? Um, there used to have there used to be an, an edge of competitiveness in under 18s and under 21s. I don't think that exists um, now, and certainly not in the manner that it did in the past. So I think there's an awful lot of things to answer um, in that respect. But uh, Yes, we're, we're hoping to improve. We're hoping to improve the quality of the player. But will will that quality of player break through the under-21 level? Um, only time will tell. I suspect it might not. I have, this, I have this strange feeling because when we do bring players in, we then immediately send them out on loan. We're not sticking with them. We're not trying to develop them ourselves. Um it's a shame that Kev's at the end because Kev, I'm sure, has have an opinion and I'm looking forward to hearing it. Um, my opinion is is based on just the occasional times that I've seen and and probably a, a little bit of ageism that comes into uh, to, to the to that aspect of of what my expectations are. Um, but I think in reality, we've never had anything decent at that level since Keegan got rid of the, the reserves and, and that type Central of thing. Really team, yeah. Really so, yeah, no, yeah, I think you're right. Go on, uh, George, have you got a, an important point to make? It's just because your reception is so bad no. tonight. That's why I have to keep stopping. Okay, Steve, go on. No, it's all right. Yeah, well, I think it's it's it, it goes back to the days when, when the reserves was a, a combination of, of young players and players who weren't getting a game for the first team. And, and you, you got the, the younger players being developed by the, the rest of the first team squad. Now, because we'll have a, a first team squad and is it 20 now? Is the nine possible subs you could bring on? Five of the five, five of the nine. So you've got nine. 20 players of the first team players who are actively involved in the first team. So they're not, it, it, you wouldn't be playing them in the, the next level down. So it's, it's not like the old days. And I think you've got, you've got a question. Is, is there more benefit in sending players out to play First team football against top opposition. Uh, we've, we've sent that new lad that we just brought from the uh, Denmark. We've sent him straight off to Feyenoord. And was it is, is he better off playing for Feyenoord or our under twenty ones? I, I suggest the former. And and I think you know we've got we've got to keep an eye on how they're doing there. But I, I don't think there's enough quality players at that level um, at this stage. It might be in the future as we bring more in. We, we turn into a, another Chelsea where we've got forty five young kids playing and. In, in the under 18s under 21s um that that you know we ultimately sell on and make a profit from um but i think at this stage i, I wouldn't be focusing on, on trying to improve that team um if we're bringing in the the, the, the likes of the newer players um at that age uh i, I would sort of look to to, to um to, to, to get them out on loan and, and keep an eye on how they're doing wherever they go okay I will eat the reserve team. It often gets forgotten. Um, but ultimately, 
it is important to, to you know to to bring in the youth and to bring it through and and you know we want to see players come through. But is is it a case of having to take take your time with that, or would you know would you like to see a more professional manager in charge of the reserves? Would you like to see somebody like Nobby Solano or? Or you know, uh, Ketz Bayer or you know, Nikos Dabizas come in an ex player and be involved. Uh, of course, because uh, it's good that to have expert eye, he can. Uh, you need know, those stars; they have experience, uh, and also they will encourage the youth. That okay, uh, Shirar or Nobi Solano or he's uh, you know, looking at me, and maybe he will give advice to the first team to make me. Uh, Go for the first team. Uh, this is the, actually any. any uh, maybe this is a little bit embarrassing. I, I, for me, also, I have no idea about a team under 21. Even even in, in Saudi Arabia, Al Hilal, I just care for the first team. But I know the main goal of those young teams is just to uh, bring the uh, better players to make an addition to the first team, because we know that Newcastle now. In, in, in the next couple of years, we still going to be little bits behind because of the financial fair play. So it's good that some of the uh, uh, limitation we have or some opposition, it could be filled with, uh, if you have like a superstar come from the youth, this is great. Also, I think the job, the, the, the club doing great, uh, they're bringing... Uh, 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 the Australian uh, uh, crawl, crawl the Australian, and uh, lend him uh, somewhere also. Minute uh, they lend him for Dutch league. So I think you know, they are doing great, much better than before. Regarding uh, Dawson, I believe you said mention. I just hear him about this today. Uh, you know better if he's uh, you know, uh, But it's good to have a, a team because sometimes it's bad to give one one person to give an opinion and decide players' futures. I see this before many times. Sometimes and it's good to have many eyes on one player because it's it's wrong to give a faith of young for one person only. Yeah, Yano says we uh, don't need to recruit ex-players. We just need to bring in the very best coaches. Uh, David says that we need local feed in the European squad. Under-18s and under-21 needs better management and better coaching. Um, George, your thoughts on um, you know who manages the uh, the reserve team, as it's called? Well, it, it, it isn't really a reserve team. Uh, and uh, Steve hit the nail on the head. This all goes back to Kevin Keegan getting rid of the Central League team in a, in a fit of peak. And we never recovered from that. Um, I, I just look at uh, the people that we're trying to compete with. And all of them, including Manchester City, I bet you all could name at least three players in their team who come through through their academy. We're struggling to find two. You know, Anderson, Longstaff, Anderson, Longstaff. <laughs> where, where do we go? Uh, with Manchester City, you've got Foden, you've got you've got uh, this new lad Lewis, and and other players. You, you, you reel off Chelsea, the lad we bought from Chelsea. Add to him, Loftus Cheek, and people like that. Even they've got lots of young people coming through. We haven't had that stream of people coming through. And one of the reasons is we, we just haven't got the right people in, in, in the middle. And of the, all the names that, uh, that's that been mentioned, I mean, I, I'm i amazed that we never have, never ever in any capacity turned to Nikos Dabizas. 
He's been football director at so many huge European clubs, taking teams, his own, when he managed teams in Greece uh, to European Cup finals and all the rest of it. Uh, Panathinaikos, uh, you know, people like that, he, he just uh, took them almost on his own. And, and, and at the time, I remember going out to Greece when we had a, a young Australian, was his name Good or, or something like that? Oh, yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We loaned him to, to Nikos at Panathinaikos. And when I used to go out there, all my Greek friends used to say, what a bloody good player you've got there. Why why doesn't he get on your team? And I just say, well, I don't pick him. And he was amazing. Yet brought him back here and he wasn't here long and he was gone. So there's, there's, a, there's a mismatch somewhere. Um, but I would like to see somebody like Nikos Dabizas getting involved in, uh, not just for old time's sake, but actually applying the, the knowledge that he's got and got across Europe to uh, to, to what's happening there. Um, I haven't seen much of of, of either the under-18s or the under-21s, um, but I have to say, neither have I heard much about it. And that's a sure, sure fair thing that there's nobody special here. We've, you know, we're getting one or two, like uh, Lewis Miley and, 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 and that sort of thing coming through, but uh, we, need, we need something more consistent. And I, I think that's a... For me, a root and branch clear out of, of the people that are running running the, the youth system at the moment. Okay, a quick one from Phoenix Pork Pie. What a great name that is, by the way. Uh, Ask George, did you get to watch the great Harlem Globetrotters at St. James's in 1959? I was 10 at the time and yes. I went with my dad. Yes, I did. And uh, um, 59, well, yeah, I got tickets because I was on the staff then. Uh, so I went there, but I'll take a better one than that. I, when I was on a secondment from the university to to the United States Navy in in, in America, I actually seen them Harlem uh, Harlem Globetrotters on a home turf. Wow, brilliant! See, always an answer to a question. That's why we do ask George. Stu, what's your thoughts? I mean, George George says we don't see a great deal about the under twenty threes. I mean. If you're on email and, and you're a season ticket holder, you remember you get the emails from the club. We do see the, the results. Yeah. If you look into it, you can you, you know you, you can go and watch the games. Um, but but ultimately, uh, you know the, they do seem to get thumped more often than not. Yeah, there was one question I want to answer first. That was in the chat from Gary Milligan yesterday. Is Ian Brew? <laughs> uh, that is the three top row there. All had turns getting me very drunk while I was in Newcastle. And if you add the other Steve Spenny. I had a drink with him as well. Uh, and then when I got back from Newcastle, I had Mitch over here last weekend. And I'm going to Dubai tomorrow for the return leg. So I've been on. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact you call it the return leg. Yeah. <laughs> Champions League so, talk, lad. I'm doing that there. tomorrow. I'm going over. Um, sorry, regarding the question, I mean, it's, it's rock to talk about Ben Dawson. Saying, should you have a job? Should you haven't? Should you have a job? The idea for me is the the teams below, whether it be the under twenty ones, reserves, whichever the way they dressed up, and all through the youth, they should all be replicating the same formation as the first team. So the progression is more natural. They're not like a fish out of water, and that's sometimes when, if you look at nationals, you have a quality player that doesn't fit in because they don't fit the formation. The name that sprung to make there for some strange reason was Matt Letizia. No, he was a fantastic player, but you would never fit into uh, someone else's no, formation. No, no. Uh, but there's one name if we had to choose the next player, and I know I've said this previously, but none of you he's, he's been overlooked, and none of you have mentioned either, and I'm and I'm actually shocked. Would be Nash, uh, Lee Block. 
He played really attractive football at Huddersfield. He did also at Kilmarnock and at Blackpool. And I don't think we need to question his passion or commitment for Newcastle United. You know, and, and someone like him added to the backroom staff would help the youngsters, I think. Someone who could then explain what it means to play for Newcastle and have them ready for the call-up if and when they got it. Uh, I don't I honestly think that uh, Lee would be would be a great acquisition, and and maybe it's worth the club looking at someone like him. But he's not working at the minute, Steve, is he? No, no. Um, I think he's just going to watch Bobby play. To be honest, but it's, uh, it's a good it's a good shout. I mean, I know previously, you know, he, he has put his hat in the ring, um, for for particular jobs, but just. You know, for whatever reason, hasn't been selected, and um, you know, I, you know, I don't know what the wages are for those particular jobs. I, I heard, I heard rumours of certain wages for certain jobs at the club, and I've got to be honest, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get out of bed for the money that was mentioned for for, for some of those jobs. Despite, I think, who knows, who knows what the reasons are, but I think you're right, and, and I think somebody like Clarky um, going there would be good. What has been involved in in the younger, you know, training the youngers. The youngsters, Harper's involved there, isn't he? I mean, you know, there, there are players showing Ramiobi's like lone, lone, lone ranger, isn't he? So you, you've got these kind of people involved, but I get a feeling that there isn't jobs for the boys, which maybe should be. You know what I mean? There's um, some players aren't getting that opportunity, and, and, and that's wrong. I've just found this, by the way, as lads, just uh, photographic evidence <laughs> of uh, of um, Stu, <laughs> Stu and Steve and. Um, the two Steve, sorry, outside the is that outside the strawberry going down towards uh, the strawberry? Yeah, yeah. Bottom yeah. Of the the from the hay market. Oh, right, okay. He, he was getting me drunk last year, that was what he was doing. That's right, yeah, Kevin. He's got to the side of the Percy, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. You're holding both the lads up there, Steve. I see. Yeah, well, I, 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 I don't know. My face looks as though I'm in pain the way that one. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the cameraman. Uh, cameraman didn't get the best angle. We uh, we'd actually only had one pint by then. Steve might not yeah. have any. It was all when we got the strawberry oh. drinking started. <laughs> we we were in pain, Steve, after pushing you up that hill, weren't we? Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> it was method in his madness. Method in his madness. Yeah. Kevin, um, I mean, I'm sure it's a job you would like, Kev. Uh, get yourself not for the money. Push, push uh, not for the money. <laughs> no, um, but not pushing Steve up the hill. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Hey, and, and it would be a pleasure, Steve. It would be a pleasure to push you up that hill. <laughs> I had to carry Marks and Spencer's bloody shopping all the way over when I was a kid doing up that hill. Um, no, um, I feel sorry for Ben Dawson. I know, know him from previous past when I worked for the city council with um, bloody when JC worked there and New Winskill and all them lads used to work there. That was my apprenticeship, and I know he's done the hard yards and he's got his badges and all the above, and he's in, like he's a rock in a hard place. Essentially, he's like he's an in between. He's the in betweener of like how how can I develop these players into the next level to be into the first team and bridge the gap essentially. But um, and then, you know, so I I get the results, but they've won one, they've lost one. It's better than the first team, by the way. So it's just it's relative in terms of stats and things like that. Granted, you don't play the same opposition and things like that, but all academies promote players. <laughs> Um, and that's right from whatever division you're in, League Two, all the way to the Premier League. Even the stuff what I work involved here in the United States will promote pathways. Our club's better than your club to be where you need to go and get into college or pro or whatever that looks like. 
and Stu's done my thunder about uh, good old Nash and Lee Clark. And I've got another one who's been a director of coaching, what we call them here, and looking after executive directors of clubs. That's when uh, Warren Barton, uh, a similar type. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He knows, obviously, he's been at the club, loves it, loves that, but I don't think he leaves San Diego as long as I, he's got a hole in his backside, to be honest, because of the weather and the lifestyle and things like that. But yeah, I think, um, and I, Steve, I disagree with you. Steve Rafe, by the way, not hasty. Anyway, <laughs> um, it is jobs for the boys. It is because I know a large part of that academy staff. Um, I, a, I was coached by them. B, I was the youth football. There's some scouts in there that I know, and it's jobs for the boys in, in that regard. Um, not in terms of a professional playing sense. Yes, I understand that. But in terms of that local involvement, it is... Those scouts who I was scouted by or coached by when I played are still there to this day in what's that's been... Interesting. That's, um, that's, that's, that's interesting. That's interesting, I think yeah. what I meant, I probably need to explain myself a little bit more, was I would expect Steve Harper and Shola Ramiobi to get the lads in who they played with or right. at least put a, put a word in for Nobby Solano who yeah. played with Shola and played with Harper. So yeah. when Nobby goes for a job at the club, I would expect... Them to be a shoo in because yeah. isn't he head? Isn't Harps head of the academy? Yeah, he's academy manager. Yeah. So isn't isn't he in the position to be able to say, I think Nobby Solano should come in and coach the reserves. Now with Jack Ross coming in, which is why is be... Jack Ross an ex? Exactly. Manager? I, I totally agree. I'm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't understand that one. Why can't we get? Mm. Somebody... But I get your point. I get your point about. So what I need to do is re-explain it, but I get your point. Yeah. I I didn't I, I don't know the younger like that mob, but obviously the younger coaches. So that's yeah. interesting to know that that is jobs for the boys. So why isn't it? Why isn't jobs for the boys with ex players? Valid question. I mean, they've got umpteen amounts more of experience. They go through the process of licensing easier than what I can. You know, they'll get through the PFA, the PFA will drop the money into it and they'll go through the PFA to get their license quicker. That's just how it works. You know, I worked with Ian Bogey when I was doing my B license in England and all of a sudden he got his quicker than I, I didn't even get mine. I failed it, but it is what it is. But he got his. So, yes, he was with the, the what mid-80s teams with Gazers in the world and played in that era. But he was a pro. He was deemed as a pro to get to the next level. I mean, I worked with one of the best co best coaches ever. Yes, he released me, and I'm still, still bitter about it. And Stu knows him really, really well. You um, see, I mean, but it is what it is. And he's a fabulous coach. He's one of the best. He is a really good coach from what the media and what he said in the first team realm of I'm the best manager in England. But he is a really good yeah. coach. Mm -hmm. But. The pathway and Dan, this is what Dan Ashworth, Dan Ashworth's realm really is of producing or getting the right people in place within the right parts of the club, i.e., youth, i.e., the 23s. And the think, put the jigsaw together, get the right pieces for the jigsaw. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think, with I think, in I think from what I what I know and what I'm hearing within that realm of the academy setup and the 23 setup, I think Hobbs has got he's next on the line essentially because he's not producing. I would go say yes, he can buy all the players in the world, but we know is Newcastle United fans and most of us are from the area that 
we produce some of the best footballers in the world that never ever see the light of day of the Premier League. Um, I, would say, I would say Hobbs is in a safe position. He's in the he's in the dream job. I don't think he can ever. I don't think Hobbs will ever be under pressure in that respect. I think, and I think you're right. I think, but I think you're right. Dan Ashworth picks the picks the roles. Hobbs is great. Great. He's a great lad. Got a lot of time for him. You know, um, got yeah, him very very well over the twenty years. Are you going to produce professional footballers? Yeah. Do that's there's, his job. A, there's, a, there's another element of this equation as well, and yeah. and I think you you skirted on it, uh, Kevin, and that's the the selection process for the players themselves, um, yeah. the, the scouts that they have out there, the the, the yeah. local scouts, the local scouts who get blinkered, they get blinkered at someone seven year old, eight year old, and those kids carry on all the way through. Those kids become the academy, and so you, you then have to question. Why do you then have to start teaching those kids how to play football at 16 when they were supposed to have been so talented that they've been involved in the club setup since the age of six and seven? Then they dispose of them at 16. Why what how did they get one of them. from the, yeah. from X X to Y in, 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 in that time scale? And then they either get disposed of at 16 or 18. And it, to me, it that's that's one of the ways that the, the, the whole process falls down, the junior level. Because certain people get selected because they know other certain people, because the parents know other certain people, because the club knows certain people at certain a, a certain um, junior team, etc. I think there's an awful lot of nepotism takes place. I've seen it happen. I'm well aware of it happening, and I also know that the, that um, I can if you, if you go down to the Northumberland County FA and you see how the selection process operates there, and how I would use the word corrupt, but that that creates a probably a, a bigger barrier. Um, let's just say that um, if you know somebody, you'll get in. If you know someone who knows somebody who's putting money in, then the chances are that you'll get in. Oh. It's always a surprise when eight players get selected from one team for a represent a county, and yeah. yet there are how many teams? But they get selected because that team happens to be, or that club happens to be, flavour of the month at that level. And it also happens to be that they're all also at the academy. So it's made out that they are some sort of fantastic bunch of footballers, disposing and forgetting about all the other talent that never got a look in. Exactly. That's that's one of the biggest problems. And that's a problem that in an area that Newcastle United will never sort out because it's the yeah. easiest thing in the world to pick a kid at six or pick a kid at seven and then just let them run through the system. That's the why... That's why Walls End Boys Club, one of the greatest clubs in our north, the northeast. I played for Crown and Juniors, but they didn't let their boys go until like 13, 14, 15. They, they went put them on trial, but they always had them coming back to play for Walls End Boys Club. We were all like as a Crown and Junior player, we were all at pro clubs. Yeah. You know what I mean? So at that point, but little quick story, I got released based off of a certain ex-manager under Kevin Keegan. His son was involved. So I got let go and he played. Now Go figure, his younger son is now under the backroom staff of Eddie Howe. Mm, interesting. Well, there we go. It's been an interesting show tonight. Something a bit there different. We managed to avoid tickets for an hour, which is even better. <laughs> um, I'm back at 10 o'clock in the morning, a slightly um, earlier show, because Gibble and Superman have got to do on tomorrow night. So uh, um, we're going to do 10 o'clock in the morning. But you'll be pleased to hear that the Migos is still 5 o'clock till 7 o'clock on Friday night. But for now, it's thanks from uh, thanks from me, thanks from Steve, Steve, Alwali, George, Stu and Kevin. Good to see everybody. Take care, lads. Good night. Thanks, 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 thanks for the love. Thanks for the love.